Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And Merry Christmas again, especially for those who were with us last night. I want to draw your attention quickly to two short words from the Lord, one from Isaiah and one from John, which you just heard. From Isaiah, truly, you are a God who hides himself, O God of Israel, the Savior. And from John, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. When I went to college, Conrad Grable College at the University of Waterloo to do my engineering undergraduate degree, I was introduced to evangelicalism. Growing up as a Lutheran, I'd sort of had a very narrow understanding of Christianity in Canada, Roman Catholicism, Anglicanism, Lutheranism, and of course, the United Church of Canada. But here were a bunch of people from Mennonite traditions, Pentecostal traditions, radical Baptist traditions, and they had all this special music that they listened to that I had no idea existed. And one of the bands I was introduced to was called The Choir, which is kind of weird because there's really only one guy singing. Everybody else is playing musical instruments. They did all sorts of what was called alternative Christian music, but one particular album is an album of liturgical music that I listen to every single Holy Week. And the very first song on that album is based on the Psalms. Clouds are round about you, shadows veil your eyes. Kind of sets the mood for the rest of the CD, but it starts out with this idea that the psalmists often talk about, that Isaiah recorded for us, that God often hides himself. We cannot see his face. Clouds are round about you, shadows veil your eyes. You are a God who hides himself, O God of Israel, is what Isaiah records in chapter 45. Now, as good Lutherans, we might ask, what does that mean? What does it mean that God hides his face from you and I? It means very simply that as sinful human beings, we cannot see a God of grace and mercy in the world. Logic, reason, emotion, our five senses, All of them will lead us to conclude that if there is a God of all, he is a God of capriciousness and judgment alone. Clouds around about you, shadows veil your eyes. We're coming up to two years of a land war in Europe, something that was not on any of our radar screens, that this would be something happening in the 21st century. As I go and do my visits with some of our 90-year-old members, many of whom had to flee from the very same countries that are now under threat, they can hardly process that it's all happening again. Tens of thousands of children kidnapped from their homes. Pictures of torture chambers, indiscriminate bombing of residential buildings. Where is God in the midst of all that? Does it not seem like God is hiding his face? Or the Middle East. Again, we thought that perhaps we had everything under control there, and then all it takes is one unprovoked, vicious terrorist attack leaving thousands of people mutilated, dead, murdered, resulting in an attack from the country, Israel, that was attacked by the terrorists, bringing the same attack on the people of Gaza, 
And now we have thousands, thousands of people in a stretch of land between Israel and Gaza that's not much bigger than the island of Montreal who have lost their homes and lost family. There is grief right now that is hard to imagine in the land in which Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. The few little children that were killed in Bethlehem by King Herod hardly compares to the people that were killed in Israel and the people that are dead now in Gaza. Where is God in the midst of all that? Does it not seem like God is hiding his face? And we don't have to go all the way over to Ukraine. We don't have to go to the Middle East. We don't have to go very far from our own city to see the same sorts of things happening. Murders of women by their husbands, boyfriends, les conjoints. Children being killed by parents. A father who kills his two daughters and leaves them dead in the woods. A 13-year-old girl raped and murdered by a family friend in La Chute, not very far from where we live. Shootings, bomb threats against mosques, synagogues, temples, churches, and just regular old buildings. Threats against schools, whole schools having to be shut down because somebody goes on social media and says, I'm going to set off a bomb and you're all going to die. Is God hiding his face from us? The powerful get their way while the powerless are tread underfoot. Why does God hide his face? That is the refrain of the Old Testament, actually. If you go back and read it, as much as we see God active, saving people, for example, the Hebrew slaves, we also, over and over again, see God's people crying out and saying, when, O Lord, will you act? How long will you hide your face from us? What we are seeing is nothing less than the wrath of God. The wrath of God is not some mysterious thing. It's not something that's going to happen on the last day when there's going to be airplanes dropping out of the sky and some kind of crazy tribulation, as my evangelical friends, bless their hearts, believe. The wrath of God is happening right now. That's what we're seeing. In the book of Romans, at the very first chapter, Paul writes, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Paul doesn't say the wrath of God will be revealed. He says it is. That's what's happening right now. It has been happening for hundreds, thousands of years. It is precisely what we mean when we say that God hides his face. All we see as a friend of mine who is a, a Latvian who was studying with me in seminary, is the backside of God, the wrath of God, the judgment of God, but we do not see his face in these things. If you go looking for the face of God in the midst of the battlefield, in the midst of the orphanage, in the midst of the cholera epidemic, you will only see a God of wrath or no God at all. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, the hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. You might know that carol, written 
in the midst of the First World War, which, by the way, was not called the First World War when it happened. We thought it was the last, and we were wrong. So what is the miracle of Christmas? The miracle of Christmas is simply that God shows his face. That's the miracle of Christmas. And when God shows his face to us, it's the face of a baby. A child being held in his mother's arms. Simeon at the temple, when Mary and Joseph come with that baby, Simeon takes that baby in his arms. And even though so many paintings have Simeon looking up to heaven and praying, we know he was looking into the face of that baby. Lord, now you let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. I at last have seen your face, not your wrath, not your judgment, not the fact that it seems like you have disappeared, but I know that you care, that you've not abandoned us, but that you have come and tented among us in the world. There's that baby wrapped in rags, laid in a manger, visited by shepherds, and God says, if you want to see my kindly face, if you want to know me as a God of grace and mercy and love, do not look for me in the places where you have been looking. Go to the manger and see that baby, and there I will show you myself as I want you to see me. Why do we look for God in the places where he hides his face from us? It's crazy. The scriptures tell us not to go and look there because we will not like what we see. And yet that's where we always go and look and say, well, I don't know what's happening over there. Maybe, maybe God's angry at that person or maybe, maybe he singled out that group and says they need to be destroyed. God says, I've hidden my face there. You don't want to go prying around to see what you'll uncover. The God that wants to reveal himself, reveals himself in Jesus. No masks, no tricks, no hiding. He comes and walks among us as a man and says, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened. I will give you rest. The law was given through Moses. God said, Do this and you will live. And we turned around and didn't do it. God said, Don't do those things or there will be punishment, and those are the very things we go around and do. As a human race, do not be angry at your brother in your heart. Do not bear jealousy in your heart for the things you do not have. Do not envy, do not steal, do not commit adultery. But we do them right here, and the wrath of God's revealed. We see it in our streets, in our homes sometimes, and around the world. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. God says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus' words. God says, I do not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through me. It's why in our Nicene Creed, we say, who for us men and for our salvation became incarnate. Jesus didn't come down so that he could continue to show us God's backside. He came so that once and for all, as the prophets promised, God would show us his face. And it's glorious, because what God wants more than anything is to be with his people and care for them. 
Then ring the bells, more loud and deep, God is not dead, nor does he sleep, the wrong shall fail, the right prevail, peace on earth, goodwill to men. The crucifixion looked like wrong prevailed, and that was the point. In that moment, God says, here I am, here is my face covered in blood with a crown of thorns on my head. Here are my hands with nails driven through them. It looks like defeat, doesn't it? But God turns around and shows us his face of victory in the resurrection. That what we look at as God's backside, the cross, is in fact God showing us one more time in Jesus his face. That he has come not to condemn, but to save. And that's why at the end of every service, as was written in the law of Moses, which isn't all law, I turn and say to you the words that God insisted that his servants speak over the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That is the face of God. Seek it in the face of the crucified and risen Lord that we celebrate lying in a manger this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.